Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm sure that you're aware that hijackals, those relentlessly difficult, toxic people, whether you think they're a narcissist or a sociopath, a borderline, a psychopath, whatever it is, we don't need the psychological labels. We need to talk about hijackals. Have you ever wondered why they hate, they seem to hate, and they love to humiliate? Well, this is important to understand what's going on behind that. So in today's episode, that's what I'm going to share with you. Why is it that they hate and humiliate so much? So stay tuned. Welcome to Save Your Sanity, help for handling hijackals, those difficult, toxic, and often disturbing people in your life. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler, the Relationship Help Doctor, and I'm here for you. You'll get the insights, skills, strategies, and support to stop tolerating verbal and emotional abuse, whether it's happening now or it happened to you in the past, maybe by a parent, partner, ex, relative, or even a co-worker. Time to take life back, to recover and to rediscover you, your values, dreams, desires, and realize them in healthy ways, in healthy relationships. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome. I'm really glad, as usual, that you're here. I know I say that at the beginning of every episode, but I really am because it means that you found value here if you're returning and you're looking for answers if you've just found me. And I'm glad. I'm really glad that you're here because being with a difficult person, a toxic person, one of those people I call hijackals, can be extremely isolating and marginalizing. And you may begin to wonder, am I the only one? No, 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 you're not. And so by being here, you are joining with thousands and thousands of people who have found this podcast, Save Your Sanity. So I am glad. I use that word very advisedly. And if you want to be even more in touch with me or have me answer your questions directly, I invite you to come on over to my website, transformingrelationship.com and join our circles, my circles, our circles. <laughs> That's a place that's safely off social media for only $5 a month where you can join in the conversations there and no one on social media can see that you're there. So that's the big advantage to that. So today, I want to talk about this problem, this huge problem that causes you to shake your head. I just know it does. Because why do they seem to hate you so much? It's it's such an anomaly. In the beginning, they loved you. They loved bombed you. If you've been listening to episodes, you know all about that. And then that so many moments, they just have this hate in their face and hate coming out of their mouths and those eyes that turn black with anger. And so it's important to understand. But before I'm going to talk about the hate part, I want to ease into it by talking about our society in general. We seem to get some kind of perverse pleasure out of seeing people humiliated 
Now, your immediate response to that might be, oh, no, that's terrible. But let's think about it. In our world, we have celebrity roasts. Everybody laughs, right? We have late night show opening monologues. Everybody tunes in. We have the covers of tabloid magazines. So wherever you turn, there seems to be a feeding frenzy, kind of hungry for secondhand public humiliation. And we as viewers can sometimes hardly wait to watch the next sacrifice. You know, those programs on television that have you coming back week after week after week, even though you know somebody's going to get hurt, somebody's going to get nasty, someone's going to get cut. So what's up with that? Well, as humans, we have derived a certain pleasure and delight and even maybe a bit of happiness from watching the pain of other people. You know, doesn't take much to just think back to the Colosseum and gladiators and lions, does it? Watching people with the potential of being torn apart. And we gleefully glue ourselves to the TV or flip through magazines to see celebrities reduced to rubble with ridicule. And somehow, joining in the humiliation is a kind of guilty pleasure people share. You know, there was something strangely compelling about, oh, you know, years ago, of course, but watching Joan Rivers and her daughter tear apart fashion choices on the red carpet. You know, we, we tuned in. But why? Why do we secretly love humor that humiliates other people? Does the humiliation maybe make us feel more powerful? Does it make us somehow feel safe because we're not the ones being humiliated? So before I talk about hijackals and why they humiliate and hate, I just want to kind of have a look at what all of us, most of us engage in, even a little bit. You know, I like to listen to Stephen Colbert at night. He's going to make fun of people. He is going to be witty. And I'm going to enjoy the way his mind works and his humor and his play on words and all. And do I stop and think about, is this humiliating to others? Yes, I do. But it's also a commentary. And I have to think about that too. So there are three reasons, I think, why people in glass houses do throw stones. <laughs> and uh, I just want to run those through before we get to the hijackles. So first of all, we kind of enjoy belonging to a supposedly superior group. Public put-downs and penance by humiliation kind of feed a little part of us that needs to feel superior. And also, it takes the heat off us. So when one person looks foolish, they pull away from us temporarily, and that allays our fears of being attacked in the same way. I mean, why else would more than two million people show up in response to an invitation to a roast? You know, when I was preparing to talk about this, I was looking at something on VH1 site, and even though it's a little old, I, I read it said, tonight the roast of Justin Bieber will air on Comedy Central, and the masses will get what they've been longing for, a public shaming of Justin Bieber. So what's the appeal? Again, doing a little research I found in Vulture, it said, a good 
roast joke is undeniable, its comedy at its most immediate and visceral, cruel, harsh, and tasteless, sure, but funny. So how can we possibly feel good or right or justified putting cruel, harsh, and tasteless and funny in the same sentence? Well, somehow, for many, many people, if it makes us feel superior, apparently we can justify it. Now you can see where I'm going with this. If this is the general population who finds these things funny and tunes in to watch them, imagine what we're going to learn about hijackals. So another reason that we are happy to live in our glass house and throw stones is that we feel safe from the attack when we're joining a group who's humiliating other people because they're not turned on us. We're turned on somebody else. And there was a study in Everyday Health, and it was cited that asked the, why people join in Schadenfreude. And Schadenfreude is a German word meaning harm, joy. And it its meaning is the tendency to take delight in the misery of others. I'm going to talk about that in relationship to hijackals in a moment. So in this study, they found that people who liked this form of humor were people who were followers. They just wanted to conform to the attitudes of others. And these folks had a fear of being the butt of a joke themselves. So if they point and laugh at somebody else, they escape ridicule for the time being. In fact, the uh, researchers in that study in Everyday Health coined a term. They called it jeer pressure. <laughs> and then there's another piece of that that's not schadenfreude. It's uh, called throwing shade. And that arose from the black and Latino gay cultures. Did you ever see that movie Paris is Burning in the 1990s? That's throwing shade is a lot in there. So is it an art form? Or is it a defense mechanism to keep you off the radar of bullies and sadists? Now, these are important things, aren't they? Because maybe only RuPaul really knows if shade is humor or humiliation. I actually think it's humiliation slathered in a paint of humor. But <clears throat> we do it, and we find it funny. And there's something perverse in it. But now you can see, now we're on number two, you can see that these things are going in the direction of a very heightened kind when we get to hijackles. So number three, we use funny hit and run remarks to express contempt and dissatisfaction and anger. Now here comes another hijackle piece. You know people like this. They throw a jibe at their partner during a dinner party so everybody can hear. And it's intended to convey a harsh truth in the form of humor. Familiar? If you've been around a hijackal, it is. If it lands without an ouch, they may garner a few laughs and the victims left embarrassed, hurt, and seething. You may have been that victim. And if the victim speaks out... Then they're told, oh, it was all just fun. I didn't mean anything. Can't you take a joke? Why don't you get a thicker skin? Now, that tactic, I think, that's downright dirty, 
cowardly. If you've got something to say and you have the courage to tell the truth directly to the person, you're in good shape. And if you can learn to tell the truth with honesty and kindness at the same time, as I've said so many times on this show, then you're even in better shape. But don't let the truth slip out like a sucker punch, hoping to make a point without it having any consequences. That's what hijackles do, isn't it? They'll say something snide or offhand or blindsiding, and they hope to get away with it when they do it in public. So I have, a, I have a reason why I think humiliation humor is not okay. And I'm sure you do too. Celebrities, well, they set themselves up for it. They may welcome a roast. Um, I'm sure that their public relations people think it is a wonderful opportunity to be the center of attention and to be humiliated and show that you're somehow a good sport. And it allows everybody else on a celebrity roast to show how cleverly they can manipulate words. But why do we take such a perverse pleasure in it? But there was a Facebook poll recently that most people wouldn't subject themselves to a roast willingly. <laughs> I mean, that seems to be sanity in my, in my thinking. So your family and friends are not celebrities. They don't deserve the put-downs and public penance that is forced on them by off-handed comments and slur tactics, and neither do you. They, you don't deserve humiliation and bullying. No matter how much anger is present, you don't deserve humiliating and bullying. And humiliation was once contained just to those who were witnessing an embarrassing event and maybe told a few other people. But now... Now we have the internet and reality TV and public humiliation can go viral in a moment. Recently on NPR, a sociologist, C.J. Pascoe, said, we see people losing control of their identity all the time when someone videotapes a faux pas and posts it online. And these humiliating rituals are seen by thousands and thousands of people. You know, one of my pet peeves is people doing something like maybe surprising their child with a puppy, but first they tell them they can never have a puppy, and then the child is crying, and they're, and they're videotaping the child crying, and then all of a sudden the puppy appears, and the child is still crying because they're so overwhelmed. That is so mean. It is so mean. That is a hijackal thing to do. I don't know that those parents in the videos on Facebook are hijackals, but it is a hijackal thing to do. To be the author of a child's pain, you're not going to have a puppy, you can't have a puppy, and then want to step in and be the hero and give the child what supposedly is to make them happy, and then videotape it so that you can make yourself look good. That is sad, sad, sad stuff. Absolutely. So as a relationship expert, and I work with hijackals and high conflict people and their partners, and I often see people that are seduced by sadistic behavior. It's the additive pleasure of inflicting pain when the person is present or not. And whether 
it's you inflicting the pain or watching someone else do it. It's addictive and it's sad and it's sadistic. Ah, you might be thinking right now, why are you so serious about this? It's all good fun. Well, secretly enjoying watching someone kind of get what's coming to them and watching it from the sidelines is cowardly, distorted. Hopefully our mothers raised us to show empathy for the misfortunes and mistakes of other people. So why would we want to be willing to watch or to receive public humiliation? So it's a very important thing for us to look at for each one of us. But how about this hijackle business? Well, hijackles hate to see you happy. You know, they might like to be the author of giving you something in the love bombing stage where you are overwhelmed and overjoyed and, and they were the author of that, just like the parent giving the puppy. But when you are just happy in your daily life, when there is no commotion, they are not in charge of your feelings at that moment. And so if you're happy and they didn't cause it, they are annoyed, maybe downright angry. And people with strong narcissistic feelings or any of the antisocials, they hate to see other people doing well. They, they just can't stand it because happiness comes from within. And if you're happy and it's coming from within you and they didn't cause it, then they're not happy about that at all. So they, they're chronically miserable and they like to feel better and try to feel better to manage their fragile sense of self-esteem. Now, before you go running down the compassion trail right there, thinking, oh, the poor dears, they don't have any self-esteem. Um, they do. They're just managing it, and they have a, a skewed view of all of this. And when people with hijackal tendencies are reminded that they're not happy, then they are fundamentally inadequate, and they feel entitled to be the one that's happy. So if you're the happy one, they feel envy and resentment, and they take it upon themselves to put you down, to change your mood, to be the author of how you feel. And that's why they gaslight, right? Because they hate it if you're happy. And so they want to find a way to be the one who decides how you feel. You know, another example, and again, not everybody who says this is a hijackle, but another example of it is a parent who sees a child who's crying and they're annoyed by the child's crying. So they say something like this, stop your crying. If you're going to cry, I'll give you something to cry about. I will be the author of your pain. I will be the one who is in control of you feeling badly. That's how hijackles are trained as children. So it's very important for us to become self-aware about how we're dishing out things to our kids, what we're saying, and what we're allowing them to see. And <clears throat> narcissistic people are a little low on empathy, and they they get that they should have empathy. They get that that's normal. Um, and sometimes they feel a little bit of empathy, but they don't have that as their basic operating position. So if they perceive a situation as being unfair, 
to them, they will get really upset with you and you didn't do anything wrong. And because of their black and white thinking, their all or nothing thinking that I've discussed before, and by the way, I'm writing a book about it right now, they know that everything has to be black or white. It's got to be good or bad. It's got to be best or worst. It's got to be success or failure. It's got to be weak or strong. There are no gray areas. So if something's not pleasing them, they can be hateful and then they will turn to humiliate you. And that is not good in any possible way. And there is this thing that I mentioned a little earlier called schadenfreude. And schadenfreude, this harm joy, it's the experience of pleasure or joy or self-satisfaction that comes from learning that somebody else or seeing that somebody else has trouble or failure and then humiliating them. So hijackles love it when you fail. They love that you experience pain. They love that you're hurt. And in their eyes, you deserve all those things because you're bad. You are not giving them what they need. So you're bad and you deserve to feel badly. They have this kind of sadistic pleasure they feel when other people are suffering. And that's why they slander you. And that's why they smear campaign. And that's why they try to sabotage you and gaslight you and turn others against you and stalk and intimidate or bully you or just anything because they feel so threatened. They're threatened by your presence. They're threatened by your possibilities. They're super threatened if you are feeling happy or you are particularly if you're feeling happy and they didn't cause it, then they've got to do something to ruin that. That's why they ruin celebrations. That's why they ruin holidays. That's why they ruin family gatherings. Because no, they are going to be the author of how people are feeling. And this uh, Schadenfreude can be very dehumanizing. It reduces you to an object. It reduces you to something less than human. They have to strip away any of that. They have to reduce any need for empathy. And so they dehumanize. And that is a huge problem. It's at the core of so many of our problems with hijackals. They can't experience and express with you. They can't get into your moccasins or walk with you. They won't. Some of them in certain kinds of um, personality disorder situations don't have the ability to empathize. But most hijackals have a little. They know how to do it at a minimum. And occasionally when their guard is down and they're feeling completely satisfied and happy and taken care of and all their needs for supply are met, they will appear to have empathy. But people, ordinary people, sometimes we lose empathy for other people. But hijackals, anything to do with them, they're less able and less motivated to put themselves in the shoes of other people. So if we look at the Schadenfreude and what that all is, it provides a framework to get deeper insights into complex emotions, such as 
humiliation and hate. And that's what's going on with the hijackal. Now, as I said earlier, don't get in a big rush to go into the compassion and say, oh, I can make them feel better. Oh, I can just take away their pain. I can love them into health. I can do all of these things. No, it's a job they have to do. And if they are a kind of died in the wool hijackal, they don't want any help. Now, there are some people, I have, I have worked with many people who learned things when they were young and they didn't become a hijackal, but they learned some coping mechanisms from being with hijackals. And how you tell the difference between the hijackal and the one who is not happy with their hijackal behaviors is that they don't like themselves when they behave that way. And it's not an act. They're not just saying that in order to get your sympathy. They really don't. They get very distressed with themselves when they get upset and they don't like the consequences of it either. So those people can, it takes a long time, but those people can change their behavior. But dyed in the wool hijackals are going to hate and humiliate it's what keeps them in their mind safe. So I hope this has helped you understand. You don't want to be around that. You don't want your children to be modeling hate and humiliation, do you? And you certainly don't deserve hate and humiliation. So I hope you will listen to this again if you need to. I hope you will look at what this whole thing is that's going on and see it for what it is. If someone is behaving in hateful ways to you, you have to believe that there is nothing that you can do to turn them around if, in fact, it is coming from within them and nothing that you're doing. Sometimes you're just sitting on the couch looking happy and a hijackal will come in and spew hate all over you. And that is not good. So many things to say today, uh, but I really wanted to cover this topic thoroughly. So I'm glad that you hung in if you did to the end of this broadcast. It's important to understand their hate and humiliation are not about you. They're about their hate and humiliation for themselves at deep levels, and they take it out on you. It is not your fault, and you cannot fix it. If you'd like to talk with me directly, you know you can. I do offer a very special one-hour new client rate for $97 for your first hour. Go to beaclient.com, beaclient.com. There'll be notes for you in the show notes, so come on over if you happen to be driving or not having a pen right now to write any of that down. You'll find it in the show notes and those show notes will appear wherever you like to get your podcasts. And if you'd like to join me on Facebook, I do have a group, Save Your Sanity Podcast. Come on over there and you can see the comments on every one of the episodes. So thanks for joining me today. I hope that you will have a good understanding today that you may be the object of hate and humiliation, but you are not the author of the hate and humiliation. Until we speak again, take very good care of yourself because you do matter no matter what any hijackal tells you. Talk soon. I'm so glad you spent this time with me today. I hope you heard something that touched your heart and empowered you to move forward. You can have the life and relationships that you most want, and that begins with you, within you, today. I'm always here for you. Life can get better, and you heard that from me, the Relationship Help Doctor. 
I'm Roberta Shaler, and I work with clients throughout the world through video conferencing. We can talk. So learn more at 4relationshiphelp.com, F-O-R-relationshiphelp.com, or visit me on YouTube at 4relationshiphelp. Join me for next week's show. Bye.